and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're so glad that you can join us today. We are brought to you, as always, by ProgressiveChristianity.org, an incredible organization. And if you're looking for resources, you want to expand your knowledge about progressive Christianity, this is the first place to go. So grateful for our partnership with them. Follow them on social media, follow us on social media, and we hope that you will subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are talking about Black Mirror today, a reminder that we always spoil this for you. So if you yes. haven't seen Black Mirror, just know there will be spoilers. And as Mark has been reminding us, we are in the midst of a writer's strike. And so we are standing in solidarity with them. That's important to say on Labor Day. And I'm sure it's something that we'll talk about later today at some point <laughs> in the podcast. I am joined, as always, of course, by Mark Sandlin. How are you doing today, Mark? I am doing very well, sir. How about yourself? I am doing absolutely awesome. And I love in fact, it. I'm doing awesome because I'm I'm drinking something right here. And hey. I bet you are too. What are you drinking? I am. Well, since it's Black Mirror and since it is, we're recording on Labor Day, as you just alluded yes. to. Uh -huh. And I do live in uh, a, a state where the alcohol beverage control exists and no places are open. Had to make use of what was in the house, but it worked out just fine because we're doing okay, Black good. Mirror. I had the makings for a black Manhattan, which is basically Ooh, yeah. bourbon or whiskey, uh, um, a Verno Amaro, some regular bitters, some orange bitters, and then black cherries as the, the trimmings on it. So I'm, I'm pleased with my results. I think this is going to be just fine. How about you? It's hard to beat a Manhattan. Uh, I, am, I am drinking something called a Smoke and Mirrors. And oh, good play. It is made... It is not black, as you can right. see. Uh, it's leaning into the mirror part a little bit more. So it's part mezcal, which is the smoke mm. portion of yep. that, part tequila, simple syrup, bitters, and a bit of lemon. It's very close to a Oaxaca old-fashioned, but it's got uh, lemon in there. And uh, it's got a, a bit of a bite, a bit of a bite and very smoky. So cheers, cheers to you. you, sir. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to do just is fine. Is it good? Is it good? <laughs> it's very okay, good. good. All right. Hey, well, let's take another sip. Let's come back after the drop. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You've joined us for our Geek Out at, uh, section where we do uh, geek out about the topic at hand. Today's topic is Black Mirror Season 6. We promise we'll keep the geeping, geeking out as short as we can so that we can move on to our theological and political considerations of uh, what these storylines uh, kind of led us to thinking about. But let's do start with the geek out. So, Caleb... Charlie Brooker, the uh, writer-director of these, spent all of COVID um, consuming true crime stories before writing season six. My question to you is, did it pay off? Uh, you know, I actually think it did. I thought this was a pretty good season. Um, I, 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 it's... 
it's hard to say. I mean, I, this show can be kind of polarizing. And just like uh, you mentioned last week, that's kind of a modern day uh, Twilight Zone. I think that that's mm-hmm. true. Um, and it's been a long time since we've gotten a season. So maybe that's like fueling my my uh, love of this season. But uh, yeah, I thought it I thought it was a good season, and I thought um, I thought you could certainly see true crime elements uh, throughout this. Um, I mean, we mm-hmm. we saw that that I, I think specifically in in Lock Henry, the second episode mm-hmm. where we got to, to see you know kind of a, a, a psychological thriller mystery kind of Absolutely. thing, but also in Beyond the Sea and. Uh, and uh, Demon 79 uh, yep, as well. So there were a number of episodes. I, I think you can see that running through all of them. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I thought it paid off. What, what do no. you think, Mark? What do you think? Uh, I, I think it, it made for a very different season than what we've had so mm-hmm. far. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that that's... I, 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 I think that that's interesting. Matter of fact, it kind of leads me into my next question mm-hmm. here. So... For me, these episodes, uh, Joan is Awful and yeah. Beyond the Sea are sort of the, the most on-brand Black Mirror episodes, right? Mm-hmm. They've got yep. modern tech and it's kind of the paranoid of uh-huh. what can modern tech do and mm-hmm. almost like predicting um, what, what if we don't watch out, what can happen with this kind of stuff. Um, right. What did you think about doing so many episodes that were less digital and contemporary focusing because only the two of the five really were somewhat contemporary and kind of the warnings of modern technology. Yeah. So look, the, the thing that always stands out for me about black mirror is or I think the standout episodes are typically the ones that are kind of humorous and make commentary. So I think the standout episode of this season is Joan is awful. I think that, there are standouts from other seasons that kind of have a similar approach. They also mm-hmm. always have episodes that are kind of uh, uh, dark and all. Uh, so I love the the kind of commentary on contemporary issues and the pulling in of technology. Those are the ones that I resonate with. Um, so I I like seeing those, but I. I thought it added some pretty good diversity. Um, so I think Locke Henry it, it was one of my... I, I really enjoyed that that show, uh, even though um, it wasn't really making a commentary in the same way that, uh, that other episodes were or that, uh, or that it has in the past. So I, I thought it worked pretty well as a balance. Um, and, and we also got the way out there weird episode like a demon 79 uh which was you know very different uh, and that's also something that black mirror does on occasion so i mm-hmm. i thought it worked pretty well what do you think um i'm not sure yet and this, and as i told you just before the show went before we yep. started broadcasting i'd forgotten that i actually did watch this when it came out midsummer yep. Um, mm-hmm. and rewatched them in the last few days and realized yeah. that I'm still kind of on the fence. I mean, Black Mirror is meant to be talking about our TVs, our phones, uh-huh. and our computer screens. Mm-hmm. That's the Black mm-hmm. Mirror. And the fact that, that we're getting away from that, 
I, I, I'm, I'm still on the fence of where I'm, where I feel yep. if that's the right move or not. That is not to say that I didn't enjoy several of the, of the episodes that weren't your kind of on brand black mirror type of episodes. Um, because I did, is it the right choice? Mm, I, I think we, we can, mm, I, I'm, I'm going to give myself a few more days to figure out whether I think that's the right choice. Maybe a few more weeks. Hey, and since it took about three years to get the you know, episodes. You may have plenty of time. I might have, <laughs> I might have years to figure this out. You said, you said that Joan Awful is your favorite episode. That was going to be one of my questions. What's your favorite episode? But I'm also curious as to why it is your favorite episode. Well, as I said, I think the episodes that use humor work really well uh, for Black Mirror. I think it it does a good job of like poking fun at us, and also, I, I mean, and in this case, also poking fun at the organization that is producing the the show, right? So, right. Uh, so Netflix kind of pokes fun at itself in this, as it has this. Uh, as or, it's or, making fun of stream streamberry right which or, is or at least you know, at least allows brooker to poke fun at them right <laughs> right I, uh, they, they didn't cut it right. <laughs> they didn't cut it he and, made sure uh, it was important were, enough that they couldn't <laughs> right and uh, you know i i i think that that works well uh to 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 also say hey look none of us read the terms and conditions and in this particular case for those of you who haven't seen it uh, you know they sign away the rights to their lives and you know they end up making a real-time reality show using ai about joan and uh i think that that was that was good because you know, it talks about issues about intellectual property. It talks about privacy, things that we're signing away. Um, and, you know, uh, and what the cost of entertainment is. That, I think, is Black Mirror at its best whenever it's yeah. whenever it is doing that kind of thing. And so for me, that was definitely the standout episode. Um, for better or for worse, that it was the first one of the season. I don't know, but uh, but I, you know, maybe that colors the way that I think about the season. No, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. What's yours? You know, what's and, your favorite? And I ended up agreeing with you. Um, Lock Henry and Demon Seventy Nine got close for me in terms of yeah. ones that I really thought were outstanding episodes. That in mm -hmm. terms of what I, I like, but I did. I'm with you. I think Joan Joan is offered one. I, I think it just it's so signature. This is what black mirror does i love that there's some meta things going in there where you sign this contract and i guarantee you that this year brooker because they you know they they've made netflix the official place instead of the bbc channel 4 i think is where this started uh i'm sure there were some negotiations uh with uh, long contracts that he was giving little needle uh twist to to the big shots at netflix so i kind of love the meta stuff that was going on there I love anything where there's um, realities nested within realities nested within realities. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that they yeah, didn't that. actually yeah. really deal with it, you know, except for the last few minutes. And then a person has to make this major decision in a split moment that could end the existence of themselves as well as a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. I felt was like kind of classic. Uh, what this is kind of show is supposed to do. This is why people call this the modern twilight zone, because it has those moments where there's these almost impossible decisions that are having to be made and, and can turn everything, uh, all reality around in a split second. I absolutely loved that about it. Loved yeah. it. Um, 
So that brings me though to the follow up. Yeah. What was the worst episode and why? <laughs> um, I think Maisy Day. Um, and <laughs> you know, I agree. It, it, I agree. Uh, uh, why? So I, so I read the description before I watched it. I didn't really binge. I watched like an episode a night as it came out, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I read the description. And the description is: a troubled uh, starlet is dogged by invasive paparazzi while dealing with the consequences of a hit and run incident and that's not necessarily really even what it's about i mean it's about you know someone making money as uh, as a photographer and i think privacy is one of the themes that runs throughout the season i think that's mm-hmm. something that we're dealing with as a nation and all and i think it's certainly Absolutely. something that we see in the season and so we're dealing with it here but um you know for most of the episode it's it's not really very black mirror-y and it's no, kind of like all, really. it's kind of like they thought hmm Oh yeah, this is an episode of Black Mirror. We need to throw in something unexpected. Let's make uh, the actress a werewolf. Uh, and it didn't really feel uh, it didn't really feel like they earned that throughout no. the episode to me. And it it was a weak episode. I think I think it was weak writing. I I didn't have a lot of investment in the characters. I wasn't real into it. How about you? What so I, it sounds I, like maybe I you com- agree. I completely agree. Completely agree that yeah. that's the. And, and I think it's by far, like, massively the worst one. Like, there's not yeah. – like, when, when we were talking about favorite one, I was like, well, Jonah's offer is definitely my favorite. But, you know, Lock yeah. Henry, Demon 79, they were pretty close. I could have named either one of them yeah. and still felt pretty good about that that was my favorite one. This right. one, there's just no doubt. It's it's the worst. <laughs> uh, not because of the acting. I will say there was some very good acting in the entire episode. The police chief, the actress Starlet – they all those mm-hmm. roles. Uh, her her buddy with the motorcycle who shows up. All mm-hmm. of them acted mm-hmm. really well. Dialogue was really not very good. It was overly simplistic. The storyline was ridiculously simplistic with no layered storylines. There weren't a lot of storylines feeding into it. No. Um, yeah. It, it was the production was almost laughable, particularly in the end scenes, like when they when they get into the room where she is and she's chained up and right. uh, she looks up to the sky, I knew before we even saw the moon, just because of the way they were panning up and the wall, the way it looked, I was like, this is going to be the, probably the cheesiest looking moon I have ever seen on television. And it was, it was just like, it was, yeah. did you have your kid draw that? And then you just put some lights behind it or something. I mean, it was really, really not good. And, the, and then, and then of course you're realizing, Oh, She's a werewolf, and then you're you're like the second part of your brain's going, oh shit! If that's what they did with the moon, how bad are they going to screw up the werewolf? werewolf? Yeah. And and I just ask you, as how bad did they screw 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 up the werewolf? Uh, yeah, it 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 was terrible. It it was a shitty rendition of a werewolf. (laughs) And then so that's all of just the kind of like production issue. Yeah. The, the yeah. real biggest issue for me was I just didn't care. I didn't relate to anyone in yeah. the show. 
Like that's yeah, one of the right. great things that Black Mirror does is that there's something about it that you can almost mm -hmm. feel, oh, some of that's in my life. Not that I'm doing it, but that I'm surrounded right. by the tech that could do it. Like yeah. it makes you have this almost paranoid what's going on. And like, this didn't have any of that. No, like, yeah, who cares? It, I mean, it was almost like a relief that the show was over. The episode was over. <laughs> it really <laughs> they didn't earn was. it. They, they did, yeah, thank God it's over. Yeah, I agree. And at the same yeah. time, at the same time, yeah. I'm not sure I didn't want more explanation once it was over of what happened to the main character. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I would have, if they cut back to her, Fair. I went, oh, crap, we yeah. got more going. But at least I'd have. It would have felt like it had some conclusion, something satisfying, possibly. Yeah. I mean, there just wasn't satisfying is a great word. There was nothing satisfying about, not even a creepy satisfying. You know, a lot of Black Mirror yeah. stuff is satisfying yeah. this kind of creepy, creeped out way. Right. We didn't even get that. No, no. We just but, got a bunch of people dead in the diner. Yeah. But so. the good news is. <laughs> That was just one episode. The other four I right. really found really entertaining and interesting in different ways. Um, and and a lot of those ways did have implications for both politics and yeah. theology. And so I think that that would be the perfect moment for us to take a quick drop and come back with our theopolitical politico segment. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where we are talking about the theology and politics of Black Mirror. And this is really the meat of our show, right? We love yeah. to geek out about stuff. Fun. We love to talk Fun. about our drinks. We love the next segment where we try to make each other look stupid. But mm -hmm. this is what we are here for, Mark. That's exactly talk about why the, the theology show and politics. Exactly. That's right. And so I think Black Mirror gave us quite a bit this season to really uh, talk about. And so instead of you know, pulling out quotes or anything like that, like mm -hmm. I often do. I want to talk about themes. And mm -hmm. I already mentioned that June is Awful is a standout episode for me. So I want to go right there, particularly right. because I think it's relevant to what's going on with the writer's strike and all. So in June is Awful, we find out that Netflix, I mean, Streamberry, <laughs> has <laughs> snuck some exploitative stipulations into the terms and conditions, which gives them the rights Wait. to hijack people's lives. Large corporations do that? Never. Never. Uh, I have that's why never this is fiction. heard. That's why, this that's is why fiction. it's fiction. Thank <laughs> God this doesn't happen in the real world. We can all give thanks for that. Okay, so Streamberry has given itself rights and terms and conditions to hijack uh, people's lives right so mark we all depend on digital streaming these days or at least i do and uh we also depend on social media and whenever we like get on those things we give up a lot of privacy so i'm curious to get your perspective on this what are the ethical implications of that of giving up rights to privacy so that we can watch stuff so that we can connect with people online what do you think 
You know, I, I really hate the argument that they give is that they're, we're not giving up privacy. What we're doing is giving them the information they need to make a better product for us. So I, I don't <laughs> that's know right. Make thoughts. ads more relevant. You know, they want to tailor to us. Ultimately, yeah. we're making a better product for you. So I don't know why you're complaining, <laughs> Caleb. They're making it better <laughs> for you. You don't like better? No, <laughs> kidding. That's um, right. I should be talking about bourbon right now and my phone. Right. As much we'll as make sure that the next ad that I see. Yeah. I, I love it when companies that. send me free bourbon. I love it. When yes. They... Send it to me now, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a horrible, horrible thing. And yes, it might have uh -huh. some benefits to it. But the amount of information that we are ultimately giving up, we're not even aware of the depth it actually goes yeah. to and, and how much they really are not just using it to give us better ads, but they're calculating where do we go? Why do we go? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're building user profiles for us that we will never see. And it can be used both for and against us in all kinds yeah. of ways. And maybe the worst part of it is it makes it all feel so freaking normal. Like, Oh, of course yeah. I just give up my information. It's no big deal because you know, it's, it's how you do it and it's what it needs to be done. And, and look, and I, I don't, I do think that this is one of the areas. A lot of times black mirror talks about stuff where I'm like, you are really, really taking it too far. Like that's just really mm -hmm. way out there, not going to happen. But this uh -huh. is one of the places where I think what they're what they're warning of and kind of, uh, uh, yes, they're stretching what it could turn into, but not too terribly much. Uh, we do give up too much information. We do do it with one simple click after we scroll down a very long thing that no one's ever going to read. And it does impact our lives right now. It might be mostly positive, but also it's used to manipulate you um, very much. So yeah, all they really care about is getting to your money. And so it's also used in a very negative way. And in, in terms that it's used to use your information against you to convince you to get stuff that you probably didn't want to get anytime soon, mm -hmm. or maybe ever. Uh, and it's the beginning of giving up more and more information just because it, it's beginning to feel so normal. I mean, that's kind of where I'm, I, I see what, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's exploitative, right? These are large mm. corporations that are exploiting people. And I was thinking Absolutely. about when social media kind of came about that was when I was in college and Facebook kind of came around first, you know, and it was something that like was only open to college students and was kind of like goofy and, you know, you'd go online to connect with your friends. And so I think like me and my generation in some ways still have that kind of mentality that, oh, this isn't really a big deal. And it really is a big deal because these organizations, these corporations have come along and they have, uh, they have really exploited people and taken advantage of the information that we have to share. And so I think it's time for governments to step in in an even more intrusive way than they have, I think. Um, I just don't think the... it's time for them to. I don't think there's any chance that they're yeah. going to because yeah. most large um, governments have very yeah. heavy ties to the industries that are making money off of our information. Right. What It's time for individuals and groups to come together and yep. demand that we get more control over our personal information. That's information Amen. we should be able to own. And there that's needs right. to be a larger uprising demanding that we have access that anything that's stored about us personally, our yep. personal activity and who we are, we should have 
access to that and the ability to decide who gets to know that and who doesn't. That's my take. That's right. I, I think I'm you're hundred percent. No, 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 no. Stay on that soapbox because I think that's hundred percent right. Because I yeah. mean, especially as we see, you know, um, identities being taken and mm-hmm. we, and we see like, uh, AI becoming more and more of a thing. I think it's more and more important that we are ensuring that people's privacy is protected, that people's personal information is protected. And I think you're a hundred percent right on with that. So, uh, in line with that, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I, I want to stay on Jonah's awful for just another minute because I, I think that it's not like you liked it or anything. Uh, no, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so I think it's apropos because, um, we're in the midst of this writer's strike, right? And actors are in, in uh, participating in this as well. And uh, in this episode, we see actors' likenesses being rendered by AI. And this Absolutely. is something that is starting to happen in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark, uh, can you talk maybe just a little bit about what is going yeah. on in this episode and what is going on in the industry yeah. in terms of yeah. AI and yeah, digital likenesses almost, of actors? It, it, was, it was nearly impossible not to see it and relate the two. Right? I, I think yeah. I think you know, we, we didn't intentionally uh, skip Black Mirror when it came out in the middle of the summer. But in a lot of ways, it's almost fortunate that we got to mm-hmm. look back at it and be thinking about this during the strike because... You know, the writers started the writer's strike in part, the big part was because they are so massively underpaid. And if you don't understand how massively underpaid they are, you need to just go do your own Google sleuthing and you're going to find out it's it's absurd how little they get paid. But it was also because with the what's coming on with AI, that there's great concern that corporations are going to try to start using AI to replace writers. Uh, Right now, the technology is not there, but the amount that the technology is uh, advanced in six months is crazy. The writers joined the strike for what Caleb's talking about. And it's what we see in this show where an actress signed a very large contract. There would have been no way to actually read the whole thing unless you, right. you know, had a year of time to do it and signed away the rights to their own person. And then their the, the face of the actress was used in the show and terrible things happened and that actress was being associated with them and had absolutely no control over it. And that's part of what the, the actors are out there wanting more control over their own personal uh, digital likenesses. And it's essential that we make sure these kinds of things actually go through and that they get those rights protected. I'm willing to do out without all kinds of my, you know, downtime entertainment to make sure that these two groups of folks are treated right mm. And in, we're in this pivotal moment, the, and it's wonderful yeah. we saw this show right now, where you can see like the very far out what could happen and how a person's entire um, public image could be ruined over something they have no control over, uh, but right. their likeness is being used for. I mean, are those the associations you made? And there's probably more, actually. Yes. And, you know, I think it's uh, important to say that um, that uh, we've seen this for a long time, you know, and even before AI. And whenever we think about like people on TV, we often think about the mega celebrities who are making millions and millions of dollars. But there are all kinds of people who work in Hollywood who are not these mega stars and right. who are just living like week to week, be they actors or writers. And one of the examples that comes to mind for me 
is the actor who played Zordon on Power Rangers. Did you ever watch that, Mark? Uh, I was fortunate enough that my kids were just old enough that they weren't into Power Rangers when it became real popular. <laughs> so I was a part of the Power Rangers fan club. Hey. Uh, and I, I was I was growing up, and Power Rangers was massively partner or popular. And uh, Zordon um, was in every single episode, but the actor who played him came in for one day of work and was paid a total of $150, even though his likeness was used in every single episode. Whoa. Okay, $150. Whoa. And so that's the kind of exploitation that we see in Hollywood. And I think that that's the kind of exploitation that this is warning us about, especially this was in the 90s, right? When AI right. wasn't really a possibility. And so I think that uh, this is the kind of thing that they're warning us about. And, you know, the people who are in Hollywood who are being exploited by all of us. So I'm going to pivot a little bit. I, not yet. I would not, yet until I fix, not yet until I fix a problem. I was not okay. getting the, the timing of Power Rangers right. Let me say very clearly, when it came on, I was old enough that I wasn't watching it. My kids weren't born yet, so I also wasn't watching it. With <laughs> That's you. very important. That's a very That's important. important clarification I, I to make. I just aged myself twenty years with that earlier statement, and I've got enough <laughs> age on me already. I don't. I don't need to go further. So now you can make That's your pivot. Right. Do your pivot. And okay. You need okay. To do. Okay. Yes, I would love to talk about Jonah's awful. We could do a whole segment on that, mm -hmm. but there's uh, there are other episodes as sure. well. So um, I want to talk about Beyond the Sea because we haven't talked okay. about that at all. So this no. is the episode where we've got folks who are living in space and they've got basically android bodies here yeah. on earth that they can stream their consciousness into to control mm -hmm. yep. and um in this episode one of the fam one of the astronauts uh is kind of living a more public life through his android body and his family is murdered because uh people aren't okay with that and so the other astronaut who is being much more cautious and living kind of on a farm, uh, ends up letting that other astronaut whose family died use his android body, right? right. Uh, his avatar, so to speak. Uh, and so this, uh, this, this guy ends up killing the other guy's family so that they have something in common and so that he is not alone. I'm curious, Mark, what your takeaway from that episode was and what that says about us as a people. Oh, wow. That is a massive question. Um, it is. When I realized what that, that, he, that he had used his friend's avatar or his co-worker's avatar and murdered yeah. his family just so that he could have someone who understood what he was going through. And I think he yeah. thought that in some twisted way, it would help the guy understand why he had made advances on, on his wife, like the loneliness that he was feeling and that right. he would have some companionship. Uh, I, I hated that turn. Um, it, it, it could, it might have been my favorite episode until that turn, particularly since it finished with him simply kicking a chair out and saying, sit down. And the guy had just found his family dead and did nothing. I, I think one of the commentaries it makes about humanity is that there are a lot of lonely people in the world and that there's a lot of work that needs to be done because loneliness that is not one that you have chosen, like 
Well, you're isolated in a way that you haven't chosen that this is right and proper for me and makes me a healthier and happier person. That type of isolation pushes humans to a very strange place. We are all connected. Mm -hmm. We are. We're mm -hmm. all made of star stuff. We're, there is a connectedness. I, the thing that I call God is part of what connects us all. And when we get isolated in ways that we had no control over, it is absolutely crushing. Um, to the point that this show claims that a person could be moved to do these absolutely hor horrific things just to have one person in the whole 7 billion people in the world understand yeah. who they are and what they're going through. Um, I, it, is a, it is a sad commentary on humanity that we're not doing more effort to prevent people from being isolated by things that they're not choosing, that we're not being more inclusive and celebrating all folks. Uh, it was a tough episode for me, and it took me a while to dissect it to the point that I realized that was part of what was going on for me. How about for you? Yeah, it was a tough episode. It was a tough episode to watch. I mean, uh, they did a great job, I think, of making us feel sympathetic with the astronaut and seeing things through his eyes, and it was tough. But yeah, I think it was a commentary on the fact that we as human beings need people and need people who understand us. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when the church is at its best, that's one of the things that we're doing is trying to understand each other and trying to provide community. And uh, I think that one of the places that we often fall short as a society is really building community and relationship, especially uh, as as we, you know, are in this time of increasing disconnection. I think it's important that we build community and connection. We make each other feel seen and heard, that we build a sense of belonging with one yeah. another. And so I think ultimately that's what it's trying to caution us about is not yeah. being disconnected to the point that, you know, we don't, we, we don't feel quite so alone. And uh, yeah. I think we're all trying to be extra cautious of that after this time of, of COVID and, you know, and separation. So I yeah, hope it's that's clear, something we It's can clear the episode was written coming out of COVID. I mean, absolutely the, the sense of isolation. Um, and there's, the, it's kind of like you said about Jonah's uncle. I, I think yeah. at least three, maybe four of these episodes, you could do an entire show on just dealing yeah. with, what they are pointing towards and asking us to struggle with. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I heard in the midst of the pandemic, a study, but it was this, this was a story on NPR, a study between the differences between like isolation and astronauts in space who were, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with those kinds of issues. Wouldn't be surprising so, if you heard it during that COVID, it wouldn't be surprising that he heard the same story and that's the, the roots. Oh, of, that's right. Man, if only I had been uh, a better would, writer, I could have marketed that. <laughs> you and Charlie Brooker, man. Y'all were on the same yeah. wavelength, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, I have like a million more questions about <laughs> other episodes I want to ask yes. you, Mark, but we have got to move on uh, <laughs> because if we don't, we won't get to our favorite segment, oh. the Make Me Look Stupid segment, and mm. we have got to get to that. So let's take a quick break. And yep. when we come back, let's try to make each other look stupid.
Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You have joined us for our Make Me Look Stupid segment, where, mm -hmm. as I like to say, we commit to make, try to make our co-hosts look, well, stupid, of course. Uh, and sometimes <laughs> we actually don't do that. Other times it's just a curiosity question that we're hoping that the depth of knowledge of our co-host will outweigh our own and we might learn something from it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I am on my question. I kind of love that you ended the Theopolitico section talking about beyond the sea because mm -hmm. I have a real, I think I must be missing something here. Okay. My question is why were the replicas on mm -hmm. earth and not the other way around? Okay, so that was my question too. No, 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 uh, that's my question. You I, cannot steal it. I already asked. It. So, okay, so I was like in the shower one day. <laughs> it was like two days after I watched this. That's about what like, me too. I, I hadn't like I hadn't that's thought about, about this at all. And I'm like, wait, several days. What if they just put the replicas on the Why space station? I mean, it makes more sense. That's the place where the most risk is. Like that's where like, and, and then the real person can actually be there with their family. Like. It's like, what? wait, wait, why, why did so that's why I that? asked you the question? I was hoping, and so you got then to have the I knowledge. went through like I went through a series of scenarios. I'm so like, you figured this well, out, okay. right? Yeah, well, okay, I'll tell you what the mental conversation was that I had oh, with I, myself I in wait. the shower two, two days after this. So I'm like, wait. okay, well, maybe like the replicas couldn't survive the space journey, but then I thought. Eh, I don't know. Like that doesn't seem real realistic because like they can survive Earth and like human bodies can survive Earth right. and human bodies and survive going up make in the space. That doesn't make any sense. In the shuttle about right? the same. So like, does that mean that the that like the machines that they had to uh, to help make the replicants work and rest couldn't work? Or was like that doesn't seem logical either, right? Because right, right. I, I, the machines were there. I, so does that mean that like okay, well, there's a chance that the replicants wouldn't work or that they would fail, and so that this mission was so important that they couldn't take the chance that somehow. Or you could put multiple replicants on the spaceship. So well, that okay, so that's another. Failed. That's another issue, right? Because we had one of the replicant bodies die. Right. So why didn't so they why make didn't any they... other replicants? That's why honestly they have. That's <laughs> honestly where my question originated from. When I thought, yeah. well, why did they only make one replicant to be on yes. Earth? And, yeah. and, and that that thought is the one that started leading me down the the long road to well, let's just flip it. Why didn't they just put them up in space? And then they could have had multiple replicants, you know, just packed away somewhere. Uh, or why couldn't they, even if the replicant didn't look exactly like the guy, why couldn't they have made him some kind of a, a substitute replicant body? Mm. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I spent several, I, I spent probably an hour in the shower. I spent Just an embarrassing amount of time. I know. I don't an, have an answer. It's either. embarrassing. I, I, I was, I was, I was really trying to figure this out. I couldn't figure it out. I was too. Out. It was bothering me like mad. I was like, well, one, I know not my question is. To, to, to Caleb is going to be I, I know completely and I spent so many, and I I'm like you I set up so many different scenarios of why it might be none of them and it didn't make any sense right possible. and the only no. conclusion I could I could come down to is that Charlie Brooker yeah knew that it made more sense the other way around and we just hope we wouldn't fucking notice 
but we did. All right. I just really think you and I. I mean, he is a really smart, brilliant writer. There is no way that he didn't think, oh, man. Like, I'm I'm seeing about two-thirds through this really good episode, writing it out and going, God, this is a good one. This is a really, really good one. I can't wait till they see what I'm going to do at the end. And at somewhere about two-thirds through, he goes, oh, wait a minute. What if the replicants have been? I don't have a story. They just won't know. They probably won't Eh, know. Never mind. Yeah, let's just go on with it. Let's go on. Let's move forward. Yeah. Uh, That was my take on it anyway. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I don't know that there's an answer, right? I don't think so, uh, because yeah. it definitely would have made sense the other well, way around. And I don't know that I made you done. look stupid or me look stupid, but maybe I made Charlie Brooker look stupid. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, in fact, that's a good goal for this segment. Like, maybe we can a, turn it around. On let's the people make the writers. No, not Derek Strike. I shouldn't have said that. I am very oh, supportive. Yeah, Mark, come on. Solidarity, man. Fully, completely of them i was just being yeah. silly. i thought it was a funny joke and now that i've made it i feel like it's not a funny joke no no he's a brilliant writer he needs to be paid what he's deserved to be paid that's, that's right and, and caleb you should have done a better job of answering the question okay next <laughs> <laughs> next time i'll try to do better okay i want to move on to an uh, to another episode that okay. um that uh we we didn't talk about a whole lot and that was demon 79 Right, right. where there was this this mm-hmm. demon that's conjured from yeah. uh, this domino. I really like this episode. It came close to Jonah's awful for me. I I like the episode too, and yeah. in part because it was so different, and it was uh, something mm-hmm. that was kind of seventies horror, and I like the homage to that. I thought it was good. Okay, so I want to know: is the demon? In Demon 79, that mm-hmm. convinces the main character of the episode to commit murders. Is that demon real or is it in her head? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And part two, I'm learning from you, Mark. I love oh, to ask. Uh, I, well, now that you got a part two, I'm going to ask you a question after I answer this one. Okay. This is my segment. So I've just decided segment, you you're can asking do whatever you want. I'm going to come back with a question. Four or five, whatever you want. Okay, it's all Uh, it's all you, Mark. As long as you ask it in the next three minutes. Okay. Uh, Oh. Uh, And the and the second part of the question. Yes or no answer. Go ahead. Second part of the question is: I want you then, uh, once you say whether or not this demon was real or in her head, how Uh does that relate to the demons we see in the New Testament and uh, the demons Uh that Jesus deals with? Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I I like the way that you you flip that a little bit there. Very nice. You. you know, I, you. I really do think by the, because of the way it concluded, it's easy to think, go either way. But for me, her walking away with the demon felt like it was real. Like that felt like that, that the writer intended that demon to be real right up until that point. I felt mm-hmm. like it was leaning towards not real, but still had the possibility in the new testament that's exactly what we get if you really think about it there are things that they didn't know what they really were that they named as demons Mm. those Mm. things were real but they just labeled them demons in order to try to make sense of them and i feel like there's a bit of that going on in the show where the demon is both real and not real and it's part of how that character, the main character makes sense of what's going on in this story. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, 
take the middle ground and say it's it's both and either or uh -huh. in both cases. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that answer. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to take the opposite position. Do, do. Uh, I think I think that um, it felt like the demon was real throughout the episode until we got to the end, and then I thought it was in her head, and uh, so I, I thought see. I thought that it was it was all all for her, uh, just for the sake of argument. No, I think that's <laughs> very fair. I think that's very fair. Uh, particularly uh, once they got the two officers in the room with her, and she was talking about yeah. it, and they were looking at each other like, "Oh my God, this poor lady, no. this poor lady." Yeah. Like that was that was really a moment where you could. I think she imagined the last of it. I think she imagined mm -hmm. the the end of the episode. All right, so I was wanting to ask this question. Yeah. It's not big, it's not as big of a question, but it's just one of yeah. those that that was it was an unsatisfactory ending to one of the stories yeah. that I liked. One okay, of the stories that I like. Uh, Locke Henry. Yeah. Honest question. I I'm not sure. Do you think that Davis thinks his mom killed Pia, his fiance? You know, we did. Yeah, we didn't really get an that answer to that. That left me very and dry, and I was wanting an answer. And I, I was like, did, did they telegraph it more than I thought, one way or the other? But it felt I didn't. I, you know, I didn't see that. I think he probably thinks she did because he found that you know the mom. And this is an interesting episode because the mom both kind of confesses to what, what she's a done, crazy mom, and. <laughs> And That's my favorite character out of the entire season. Yeah, His mom, I, I yeah. love that character so much. Yeah, because she she like displays this extraordinary amount of love and compassion towards her son. <laughs> and while a little uptightness. Like she's a little uptight. Yeah, like, she definitely is uptight. Very like like stereotypically, stereotypically. Uh, Britishly British yeah. mom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I think he probably suspects in her in his heart of hearts that she uh, killed Pia, even though she yeah. actually actually didn't. didn't. Yeah, and so she, um, I she, thought she that was pushed a, Pia to the point that P she did Pia made she a choice did. to kill her, right? But she didn't do it intentionally. She even she said, "I'm not going to hurt yeah. you." You know, I yeah, think yeah. she was wanting to literally just explain herself or something like that. I think she would have killed her. I, I, I really think right. she would. <laughs> nah, um, right. So, right. I, so I mean, cool. I think that as he's as he's discovered that he thinks she's killed her. Um, and just just to pivot, uh, one just because I, there's so there's so much good stuff. I want to say so one good. more word about the demons in yeah. uh, in Demon Seventy Nine. Absolutely, and that's that. You know, um, to someone on social media the other day, I had to explain to them that, you know, there's this this great, I think it's in the Gospel of Mark, where uh, Jesus exercises a demon named Legion, right? Uh -huh. And that not only are we talking about, like, things that they couldn't understand, like, say, mental illness or things that they didn't have an explanation for that they described as exorcism, but we're also getting metaphorical story in the midst of this. And, right, like, whenever we see a demon named Legion, we're getting a metaphorical story about accident that, Legion. That, yeah, that's, right? that's the Roman regiment! <laughs> like, the author that's, knew that! It's, yeah, uh, and no so, like, that they're was... making a commentary. Jesus is wanting to exercise Rome from Rome. Judea and the soldiers and, that follow Rome's yes, yes, like directions yes, and yeah. marginalize and oppress people 100 percent Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so anyway, uh, this has all been brilliant, yeah. and we could go on and on because, like we said, there's and there's, we would there's four or five episodes that you could just geek yeah. out beyond all. But yeah. listen, 
We need to let folks know what's going to be happening yes. over the next several weeks. You're on a sabbatical. You've been doing all kinds of fun and cool things. What are you up to uh, in the next few weeks? And what does that mean for the Moonshine Jesus show? Right. So I'm going with uh, my denominational disaster response and refugee resettlement organization that's called Week of Compassion. It doesn't just operate one week of the year, despite the name. <laughs> it, this is it, the it week really we does. do compassion. <laughs> I, I, that's the problem I've always had with you people. I know the, we only will practice compassion for one <laughs> week, but it's better than the UCC, which is 52 hours of sharing. So, you know, at least disciples have like a whole week. We, and, we have a day of caring, so I can't say a that. day. Okay. A well, day be Presbyterian or even worse. Uh, so all, actually all of these denominations are incredible and right. they, they really work throughout the year. And right. so I'm going to the Middle East and to, um, to various places in Asia to see the work that we are doing. And so for the next three weeks or so, I'm not going to be accessible for Moonshine Jesus. So we're going to resume in the first week of October. That'll give Mark and I a, a, a few weeks to kind of watch a whole bunch of pop culture stuff. And there's, a, there's several things that are going to be happening there. Yeah. There's a Will of Time, Ahsoka's going to finish up. There's a couple other things yeah. that are going on. We've got, we've yeah. got several things that we can come back to once, once we soak that all in. Right. So I'll go on my trip and I'll also watch stuff. And Mark, you'll be watching stuff. And then Absolutely. we're going to hit it again hard when we get back in October. But I'm going to miss this, Mark. This is one of my highlights of the week. I, I love getting together with you and talking about is, stuff. It's this great. is the highlight of my week. I, I yes. look forward to it. I anticipate it. I prepare for yeah. it. I just love being here. I love the folks that watch and listen to us that make it possible yeah. for us to do this. Absolutely. I, yeah. I can't ever You're thank great. folks. And I know Caleb feels the same yeah. way. Thank you enough Absolutely. for always mm -hmm. being here and showing up and giving us the support so we can do this show. We truly appreciate y'all. And so we're going to take a few weeks break, but we'll be back uh, at the beginning of October. And in the meantime, we appreciate you. And thank you for watching the Moonshine Jesus Show. Mm -hmm.